know the love of Christ, Ephesians 3.19. To know the love of Christ that surpasseth knowledge is one of the things that the Apostle Paul prays for for the Christians in Ephesus. It's something that we should strive for as well. That is why this podcast is called To Know the Love of Christ. Each episode, we will study scripture in its context, but also dive deep to find the love of Christ, a love so fervent, so honest, and so faithful that it's the very essence of his being. We invite you to know the love of Christ. Hello, and thank you for joining us here today at To Know the Love of Christ. We are so excited and ready to jump in and discuss Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 with you all today. But before we do, let's do a quick recap of our last episode, The Mystery Revealed. (laughs) So if you all were with us on the last episode, you know that we discussed Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. And if you weren't able to join us, that's okay. Just make sure you click on the link to join us in the last episode as we dig into that study as well. But we studied out the mystery that Paul was speaking of in Ephesians 3.3, which is the gospel is for everyone for every from every corner of the earth. We also learned, although Paul was not with Jesus doing his earthly ministry, he was still a disciple of Jesus who received the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit and not one man, and he still counted himself as not special. We discussed the unsearchable riches in Christ, one being that Jesus is fully man but still fully God, and the wisdom of God being made known to those in the heavenly places. So, now that we have a quick recap of our last episode, let's go ahead and dig into Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Dee? Great. Thank you, Brittany. Um, this is a large chunk of verses. There are only two sentences in these eight verses. I don't have questions like we normally do for every verse, but I do want to discuss each verse because there's just so much between all the commas. In these eight verses, we get to read another one of Paul's prayers. If you remember in Ephesians 1, 17 through 21, there was a prayer and also recorded prayers of his can be found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11 and Colossians 1, 9 through 12. But here Paul is telling the Ephesians, I'm praying for you and this is what I'm praying about for you. You know, we discussed prayer in an earlier episode and the impact it can have on a person and the impact it has on us. So verse 14, it says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here, Paul is beginning his prayer. So in verse 15, he says, um, From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So Paul starts this prayer by praising God. If you remember Jesus, um, when he, the disciples asked him to pray, he started off praising God in his prayer. So we're going to start getting into specifics of the prayer, but do y'all have anything y'all want to add to this? Not necessarily to what I said, but anything (laughs) else? Yeah. So when we go through these verses 14 and 15 and some of 16, we can see Paul connect every member of the Godhead with our spiritual well-being. And I know a lot of times we tend to emphasize one member of the deity over another and we leave out a lot of times the Holy Spirit. But it shows us how the total deity is integral to our salvation. No one member of the trio is less involved 
or honored or important within that transaction of redemption and then in our Christian lives? Brittany? Not at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll continue. So in verse 16, Paul now is going to get into his specific requests. Verse 16 says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man. Um, the first thing he prays for is to be strengthened with might. That's the New King James Version. I know the ESV says power, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Through the Holy Spirit. What I hadn't realized um, before doing this podcast, before studying this time, is how much the Holy Spirit is mentioned in this book. Did you realize that? I didn't know that until we studied that. He's mentioned in every single chapter. And his role in saving souls is just as vital as God the Father and God the Son's roles. Mm -hmm. So what does Paul mean when he says, in the inner man? What do you think he means? You mean to be strengthened in the inner man? Yeah. Okay, because I'm looking at verse 16 and... Obviously, I have the ESV, so it reads differently. But um, oh, how does it read? That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his whole through his spirit in your inner being. Right? Oh, okay, well, okay, inner yeah. being. So not that different, but yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. um. Well, initially, when I when I thought about that verse, I thought about how in the past epi- episodes, I'll slow down. <laughs> In the past episodes, we discussed the Holy Spirit being a down payment for Christians until Jesus returns, um, which we, um, which is also noticed in Ephesians 4.30, but I won't jump too far ahead. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is to be our helper in something like a spiritual conscience, if you will, um, to help us navigate through the world. We can look at verses like John 14. Uh, verses 15 through 17 that speak about the Holy Spirit really down through the end of the chapter and him being a helper to us and that he dwells with us and within us. So when you think about a helper, you might think about an individual who is there to guide us through certain situations and to be a help me to us. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for Christians. Um, also in verses 25 and 26 of John 14, Jesus says that while I'm here on earth, I am able to teach you spiritual things to you. Um, but once I leave this earth, God, the father will send the Holy spirit in my name, which is Jesus's name, uh, to teach us all things and bring to remembrance all that Jesus has said and taught. So with that verse in mind, we can know that the Holy spirit is a being that is made available to us immediately after obeying the will of God, Acts 5.32. And it is through his power that we can be strengthened on a daily basis. And um, when we don't know what to say or how to speak to God clearly, when praying, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, uh, Romans 8.26. So. so verse 17 says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. So this is the second thing that Paul is praying for, for the Ephesians, that Christ may dwell in their hearts. So, you know, he's talking to the Ephesians who came out of, a, uh, out of idolatry and was surrounded by it. This whole area, is, we talked about it in the very first episode, um, is surrounded by it. And they probably still have family members and friends who are still 
practicing idolatry. So he's reminding them, you know, I'm praying for you that I want, you need to have Christ dwell in your hearts. Um, you want to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's obvious that Christ can only dwell in our hearts if we have faith that he is who he says he is. And if we believe that Jesus is our savior and that he came to save the world from their sins and eternal death, um, once we know and believe that Jesus is our savior, that is the foundation that we have to stand on that will keep us grounded in all that we do. Um, think about Matthew seven twenty four through 27. The individual who knows Jesus, who has faith in Jesus, is considered a wise man whose home is built on the rock, a solid and firm foundation. That firm foundation can only be built when we're standing on the promises of God, understanding how much he loves us and what he has done for us and continues to do for us every day. But if you don't believe in Jesus, uh, Jesus himself says you're a foolish individual who builds his house on sand, um, a foundation that can be washed away in the blink of an eye. So Christ dwelling in our hearts, we, we have to have faith that he is who he says he is. And then um, we need to build up upon that foundation of Jesus being the Messiah of Jesus being the, the, the savior. And when that, uh, when we allow that to uh, take place, then Christ can dwell within us. Yeah. And I just thought uh, when I read that verse at the very end where it talks about being rooted and grounded in love, when you look at First John 4, 8, and 9, it talks about God is love. Mm, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, if you wanted to, you could say rooted and grounded in God because he is love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought, too, Brittany, when you were talking that, you know, we have to have faith that Christ is who he says he is. And like Paul prays um, that Christ dwell in our hearts through faith with these people being everybody else around them, not the Christians in, Eph in Ephesus, but everybody else practicing idolatry, they could see their idols. Mm -hmm. They, the Christians there did not see Christ. So they have to have this faith in order to have him dwell in their hearts. Every time I think about idolatry, I immediately think about when uh, Moses and Aaron bring bring them out from Egypt and you know Moses goes up to the top top of Mount Sinai and they're at the bottom and Aaron just decides to form this golden calf and hey worship this yeah what, what? like no, that it it popped out of the yeah, fire it, it, I don't know where it came from it just <laughs> happened Moses like and it's just like I I know idolatry is a real thing but and may and obviously I know that we do it we do it today we have things that we idolize and you know from the outside looking in we'd look at somebody and be like why would you even you know but when you specifically think about the the old testament and even up into this point and how they were carving these images and then bowing down to them and I'm just like you just you just purchased the wood mm -hmm. or the gold or the metal that you needed to make this this image you made this with your hands right you did this yourself and then you're gonna praise it if, if anything i mean with an arrogant mindset you should be kind of praising yourself don't you think like you right just, yeah. you just made this like that's just it's just a weird thing to 
to think about. Well, you remember Artemis, Diana? That was the yeah. big idol there. But, you know, looking, we get 2020 hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> is that said right? Hindsight 2020, 2020? Yeah. Okay. Um, I knew what you meant. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if you meant like last year hindsight. <laughs> no, 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 not that 2020. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we can look back on the Old Testament and go, how could you? How could mm-hmm. you? How yeah, could you? Yeah. But, you know, think about it. They grew up. Mm-hmm. thinking yeah. this is what it should be so if the old statue we worship and bow down to got all worn out and dirty or whatever throw it away get another one it's still the same thing you know so that's how they grew up and we can be the same way yeah. you know it's, yeah it's, when so you put it so like that definitely for sure i was just sitting here thinking about it when you're talking like yeah i know how i grew up and some of the things that i thought were okay people would probably look at me and be like Brittany are you serious (laughs) and I'd be like what there's nothing wrong with it I mean this is what I grew up around this this is completely normal right exactly kind of stuff happens all the time and but to other people who may have not have grown up around that they look at that and they think oh how could you how could you how could you live like this or how could you think like this you know how could you talk like this how could you act like this and it's to me you know this is how I grew up. It's completely normal to me. Yeah. You know? So now so. you can see Paul's heart. Yeah. Please let Christ dwell in your mm-hmm. hearts. Please. Yeah. So, yeah, very good. Um. All right. Verse 18. It says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. So this is the third thing that Paul prays for, that they may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height. Why would, why do you think Paul says that they need strength to comprehend this? Ooh, can I ask your question with a question? <laughs> no. <laughs> or answer your question with a question, rather? All right, go ahead. Do you think understanding God's love for us is a hard thing to comprehend? Yes and no. Well. Okay, why okay. yes? All right. Yes, because he is so great and so perfect that my feeble little human mind cannot comprehend that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's hard because... He wants us to comprehend it. And he gives us enough in his word to understand and enough experience in life that we can ex- we can say, yes, he does love us. Stephanie. And I understand that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree with you. That's where <laughs> mine goes. my mind goes. I mean, I was thinking about Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, where it talks about his ways are higher than his ways. Yeah. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Mm-hmm. There's, we're finite beings and he's infinite. And there's a part of us that can't fully comprehend it uh, because that would make us like God right. in that way. Right. I mean, we are not omnip- omniscient. We're not omnipotent either. But I'm thinking omniscient. Mm-hmm. We don't know all these things. And part of me wonders if it would just break <laughs> my mind to know, like if <laughs> yeah. I just kind of disintegrate um, just to know, but I do think in a limited sense, he has given us, I think you study types and shadows in Hebrews, different types and shadows in our own lives, worldly examples, even when Christ came and he spoke the parables, they were a way for us to understand it in our human finite way. And so we can to an extent, Mm -hmm. but not fully, of course. Yeah. 
Agreed. So the reason I asked that question was because, so verse 18, why would we need strength to, to comprehend this? Why would we need, just why would we need that strength? And I, I asked that question, do you think understanding God's love for us is a hard thing to comprehend? Because why would anyone give up their child's life to save a world that doesn't accept him? Furthermore, not only did God give up his son's life, but he knew everyone wouldn't accept him as a savior and he still did it. Like mm-hmm. Jesus was beaten on, he was spit on, he was cursed at, and most importantly, was guilty of no crime and the world still says today, I want nothing to do with Jesus. That takes a whole lot of strength and a whole lot of faith to know that God found me worthy of eternal life and I still mess up you know we most times when we look at it or when when we think about what God did for us and how he gave up Jesus the first thing we do as parents is would I be willing to give up Alex or Justin yeah would I be willing to give up Clark would I be willing to give up Andre you know for a world of people that are gonna find him guilty of something just because they don't like what he's doing or the things that he said and his ultimate goal, what the whole entire reason he came to earth for. Right. And Hiram says, look, Brittany, we've, we've got to give up Andre. The world needs somebody to save them. Andre is innocent and he's going to be the person to do it. And of course, as a parent, I would sit here and think, you you want me to do what? Yeah. I carried that kid for nine months and you <laughs> want me to give him up for this world. And furthermore, everybody's not even gonna like him like what kind of mess is that like not even wh- not like him but hate hate him, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know spitting on him and cur- and i just think i also think about too like from that maternal standpoint standpoint looking at mary the mother of jesus mm-hmm. like girl mm-hmm. you like you had to have some serious strength or poise about yourself because i'm telling you I don't even want to put Andre in football because the minute somebody hit my baby too hard, I know I'll be down there on that field. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be scrapping with the coaches. Like (laughs) something's about to happen, you know? And it's just like, Jesus is perfect. And God says, listen, we need, we, I need you. You have to save the, the people from their sins because without you, they have no hope. They have no chance. And it's like, I, I, I understand God's love for us, but if I'm honest, there are times I'm like, why, Mm -hmm. you know, like I know you created me, but I'm not, I'm not the best person. I'm Mm -hmm. not as good as you think I am, you know? And obviously he knows that, but I mean, I can, but I can't, Right? you know, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I agree. One day we'll understand. Yeah. One glorious day. (laughs) Yeah, to add to verse 18, when you look at that word that's translated strength there, it can also be translated as ability or competency. And that word for comprehend comes from two words that mean down, upon, against, and receive, take. So it really has this idea of seizing tightly or capturing or grasping. And it just made me think of Hebrews 12, 1 there, where it talks about laying aside every weight and sin to run the Christian race. So for me, when I think about it, I can put, why do I need the ability to comprehend this along with that strength? 
we need to have the ability to grasp what's the length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. So am I able to do that? When I think about, I don't know, I just, I'm kind of a visual learner in a sense. And when you have to lay aside a weight, you know, obviously you've got something in your hands. Mm -hmm. And so I think about trying to open a door with a suitcase. You know, it's, have you ever tried to do that? Or you're a one trip of groceries. Yes. <laughs> and like you've got your arms loaded down and you're trying to open that door, but your hands aren't really free. And so you're like using your wrists sometimes, yes, struggling. you know, or the kids are not there. And so what do I have in my life? You know, we talked about idols earlier. What am I not laying aside? Do I have that ability to grasp it? Because if I'm holding these things in my mind, because that's where we're holding things. Am I holding these things in my mind that aren't allowing me to comprehend this? I struggle a lot with um, distorted thinking. It's part of anxiety. And so sometimes I just get a thought in my head and I can't let it go. And it prevents me from seeing reality. And with my Christianity, am I doing that? Am I, I need to ask myself that and kind of self-evaluate. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's where my mind went when I read verse 18. All right. Good. All right. Well, verse 19, this verse goes together with 17 and 18, obviously, but it says to know the love of Christ. Yay! <laughs> it's our right. verse. That's right. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So if we are rooted and grounded in love, like verse 18 says, no, verse 17 says and able to comprehend the breadth of it can we know the love of christ yes stephanie yes <laughs> paul wouldn't pray for it if it weren't a possibility and i think we can add another question to that how well do we know the love of christ the word for know here is gnosko and that's an experiential knowledge instead of just you know like i see that cup it's green it's you experience it, obviously, experiential knowledge. I mean, just explaining it if it was too big of a word because I've gotten in trouble for that before. Um, but the depth of that knowledge, that experience, is unique to each individual and their relationship with Christ. So hopefully as you continue to grow and mature in Christ, you know that love deeper and deeper. Yeah, so like what you all were both saying earlier, you said the ex- experience experience there you go okay um (laughs) the that is you know a blessing because like Brittany said you know talk about being um going to scrap with the coaches you know because she's got that love as a parent for Andre I've got love for my kids so that that even if you don't have children there's still the experience of loving someone so much Mm -hmm. that you would, you don't want to give them up. So it's the, um, I understand what you're saying basically is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) The experience is to know the love of Christ. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Brittany, you got anything to add? Uh, yeah. So you, you asked, could we know it? And I did say yes. Um, and then obviously we can't always understand it, but we can know the love of Christ and his love for us. Uh, in John 10, 17 through 19, Jesus reminds us that no one has forced him to lay down his life, but instead he gives his life willingly. And then in John fifteen thirteen, he says that 
uh, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus continues on in verse 14 saying, you are my friends if you do what I command. So um, you ask the question, can we know it? Yes, we can. And, and like I was saying earlier, although we can't always understand it, these verses that I just referenced are great comforters, I believe, you know, knowing that Jesus loved us enough to lay down his life for us and he wasn't forced to do it. He did it willingly, you know, and even though we can go back to the very beginning and we can see where the plan was put into motion from the first fall of man in the Garden of Eden, you know, we can see this this plan coming or being put into motion and then eventually coming to fruition. But it's like, you know, how we mentioned earlier about like, I, I don't know why God would do such a thing, but I know that he did it obviously because he loves us. And then Jesus comes right back and pretty much says the same thing that God says. Like, I, I do it because I have to, because I want to, because you are my friends and because I love you. And I just think to myself too, that's a, that's a great thing to think about too. Like I have a friend willing to lay down their life for me, Yeah, you know, and I'm still imperfect. I'm still not the the best friend all the time, but you saw fit to give your life up willingly and it's a very humbling thought yeah very it, it really is so any more so the fourth thing that paul prays for is also in verse 19 the second part that you may be filled with all the fullness of god isn't that beautiful <laughs> it is all right so verse 20 <clears throat> now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Paul is wrapping up his prayer here and he's praising God. Look how he praises him. He says exceedingly, abundantly, above all. So it's not just, you know, it's not just exceedingly. It's not just abundantly. It's not just above all, but it's, he can't praise God enough Mm -hmm by using these words and I just think that's I I fail (laughs) you know I don't I I, yeah I praise God but to say that to just Mm -hmm. I fail with that but um would you say that this is the same power as in verse 16 yes I believe so yeah I agree the power at work within us is the Holy Spirit And based on verse 16, the Holy Spirit is our inner being, which we established earlier, helps to guide us and remember all that Jesus has taught us and what is commanded of us and helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit is God as well. So, of course, he can do far more than we ask or think, but he can only be put to use within us and in our lives after we are baptized into Christ. Um, Acts 2.38 so that's that's my thought and what I had. <laughs> and yes, why I do believe it 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 is the um the same power that's in verse sixteen as well. Yeah. All right, verse twenty one. It says to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Is there a difference between the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus? If so, what is it? And if not, why did Paul make this distinction? 
I would say no and yes. Uh, no meaning that this is all the glory of God, but yes, in that Christ and the church are two catalysts for that glory. Glory in the church can be seen through our obedience to the gospel, our actions, our love for one another, and basically anything we do that draws others closer to God. Glory in Christ displays God's mighty works through Christ, his selflessness, and the perpetuating work of Christ throughout all time. All right, feel free to correct me at any <laughs> point, okay? So if we look at the end of verse 20, if I believe that this verse is talking about the Holy Spirit, then the beginning of verse 21 would be saying glory to the Holy Spirit, which is completely acceptable because the Holy Spirit is God and is worthy of praise and honor just as God the Father and God the Son are. So I don't think there is a difference when we give glory to Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the church because they are both equally God. However, I do think that we don't always give the Holy Spirit the praise he is worthy of. All right, good. Um, so my question, another question I have for y'all is, can we pray this prayer like Paul prayed for the Ephesians for our church family today? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Um, because we need this just as much as the Ephesians needed it back then, right? Right. right. All, right. All right, so we come to the big question. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Where do we see the love of Christ? Honestly, I, I see the love of Christ throughout out verses 14 through 21 I mean it, it it's all throughout here if I had to pinpoint a verse that I would say that I see it I would probably say in verse 19 that you may be filled with all the fullness of God I, I would say that I see it there I don't I don't know what all the fullness of God <laughs> is but the fact that he wants me to have all of his fullness of whatever that is I mean I think that's a very that's a that's a wonderful thing. I, I I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to put it in English as best <laughs> I can. <laughs> I know how I'm trying to say it, but I just I can't get it out. But basically, I see the love of Christ in the fullness of God. Paul prays for it. He wants us to have that. I know if Paul wants us to have that, then that's obviously something God wants us to have as well. What all the fullness of God is, I don't know. But the fact that he wants me to have it. <laughs> I see his love in that. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> Stephanie? I see it in verse 20, where it talks about that he provides not only what we ask, but beyond what we can even think to ask. Yeah. And it makes me think of Romans eight twenty eight and how he works all things together for good. It always works out better than I could have even yeah. conceived to ask him to work it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm referenced Isaiah 55 8 and 9 earlier his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours I'm so thankful though that he just doesn't limit me to blessing what I ask for it's like when your kid has a birthday and like they're really little you know and they'll ask for something silly and it's so cute you can't help but get it for them but like when they ask for a paper straw you're not just going to give them a paper straw you're going to give them an actual really awesome gift that they didn't even think of mm -hmm. or like christmas you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i think god you know that's just a small finite way to think of it god does that so much more like you talked about like we can't even give enough words to it to describe how abundant that is and that's where i see his love 
Good. I see it in both those two verses in verses 19 and 20. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge to be filled with all the fullness of God and that God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all. I mean, he wants us to love him. He wants us to talk to him, to think about him and to know him. And the best way to do that is, you know, through Christ, who is the embodiment of him. So great. Perfect. All right. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we have and that in your daily walk and in your daily life, you will always strive to look for the love of Christ.